0: Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff.
1: And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the history of using leeches for medical purposes with help from zoologist Bill Shutt, how potty training cows can help the environment, and why it's a big deal that scientists finally figured out the mathematical formula for the shape of an egg. Sounds
0: educational. Let's satisfy some curiosity. You probably knew that people used to use leeches for medical purposes. What you might not know is that we're still using them today, and for a pretty surprising reason. Halloween is just around the corner, which is why we've got a guest today who's known for diving into the science of the macabre. I know it's pronounced macabre. I just really like saying macabre. Bill Shutt is a zoologist at the American Museum of Natural History who's written about everything from cannibalism to blood feeding. His new book is entitled Pump, A Natural History of the Heart. And in it, he explains why people started using leeches in medicine and why they still do today. Here's Bill.
2: So as far as leeches go, that dates back to probably the ancient Greeks and maybe even before that, where there was this concept of the four humors. They believed that there were these four substances in the body, one of them being blood, and that by keeping them in balance, that you could cure every disease, you could treat every mental problem, you could behavioral problems. I mean, they would bleed people who had drowned. People would sit around and wait for someone to be executed so they could drink their blood. So there was this whole idea that blood which was readily accessible whereas something like black bile one of the four humors didn't exist so so they had a hard time finding that one but blood has been drained for thousands of years and usually it was from you know they would take a scalpel like device and cut a vein and bleed you and really that's how it happened to George Washington the night before he died is they bled about 40% of his total blood from his body out because he had a sore throat a serious sore throat They probably died from this hemorrhage, from hemorrhagic shock. He went out and then uh, died the next day. But as far as leeches go... Basically, I believe it was in India they figured out that if you attached there were three different types of medicinal leeches that if I think it's about seven hundred and fifty species uh, that that if you attach them to the body that they can draw out large amounts of blood so these were used you know back in the times of say Napoleon as a way to balance those four humors, so you'd see people you know it was kind of like Take an aspirin and call me in the morning. This would be put 30 leeches on the guy and then, you know, see if he turns blue. And if that was the case, then that was better than hot and feverish. So that became something that was really popular. And then it faded in the late 19th, early 20th century. They were still bleeding people with leeches. But once an understanding of things like bacteria and the cause of, you know, pathogens. And how to treat mental illnesses, and it had nothing to do with draining blood from people. It sort of faded away until the 1960s when American surgeons who were working in Southeast Asia learned from the local physicians that leeches were being used for reattachment surgery. So let's say, God forbid you lost, say, a finger, and they reattached that. The arteries that carry the blood to that structure, or if it's an ear or wherever. They're kind of muscular and and thick, and they're easier to knit back together. But veins are very thin, and that's the return flow to the heart. So it was very difficult to surgically tie these blood vessels back. So what they would do is, once they reattached the structure like a finger, they would put leeches all around it, and the leeches would, in a sense, produce their own sort of circulatory system. They would draw out, so the blood would show up. It would provide nutrition and oxygen to whatever the reattached organ is. And then instead of the blood going back to the heart and not making it there because the veins aren't working, the leeches would draw that blood out. And then new blood would show up, and the leeches would draw that out. So it was, in a sense, setting up a a little circulatory system with these leeches who were also in their saliva had anticoagulants that were keeping the blood from clotting. So then your body's repair system comes into play and eventually the blood vessels grow back and then you're fine and the leeches wind up getting tossed into a bottle of alcohol and hopefully the person is okay.
0: Wow. So this is almost being used like a organic surgical tool.
2: Yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, they're still using them in surgeries today for reattachments. Like if you reattach the limb, you could use hundreds of leeches over the course of the treatment.
0: Who knew the leeches were so handy in reattachment surgery? I certainly did not. Again, that was Bill Schutt, a zoologist at the American Museum of Natural History and author of the new book, Pump, A Natural History of the Heart. Bill will be back tomorrow to talk about giraffes and their truly bizarre circulatory
1: systems. Puppies get housebroken. And kittens are taught to use litter boxes. So why can't barnyard animals be trained to do their business in a designated place? It might sound like a silly question, but it led to a serious study aimed at curbing the effects of climate change. And it turns out that cows, they can be potty trained. Here's why this is important. It's well known that cows contribute to climate change with their methane-rich farts and burps. But you can't train a cow not to belch It'll explode. The gas has to go somewhere. But gas isn't the only problem. Cow urine has high levels of nitrogen, which turns into ammonia when combined with feces. Ammonia can kill plants and its vapors are toxic to livestock. And when it seeps into the soil, microbes turn it into nitrous oxide, which is a potent greenhouse gas. Nitrates in the urine can also contaminate groundwater and make people sick. So scientists wondered if they could collect and treat the pea before it could cause any problems. This is no small feat. A single cow produces about 8 gallons or 30 liters of urine a day. Old McDonald's farm is absolutely covered with P-I-E-I-O. The team attempted toilet training with 16 calves using a custom-built bovine bathroom dubbed the Mooloo. Picture a rectangular stall with saloon-style doors and a patch of astroturf for the floor. They started by confining a calf to the Mulu until it let flow. Every success was rewarded with a sweet treat. Ten out of sixteen mastered it right away. In two subsequent experiments, the calves were allowed to roam an indoor area with access to the Mulu via an alleyway. If they used the Mulu in this scenario, they got another treat. But if they couldn't make it, they got an unpleasant squirt of water, just like how you'd train a house pet. Eleven of the 16 calves learned to use the latrine for the majority of their bathroom breaks. What's even more impressive is that these baby bovines mastered the task in only 15 days. Some human toddlers take way longer to toilet train. The researchers hope they can increase their success rate in future studies, and maybe one day, every cow will be potty trained.
0: What makes an egg egg egg-shaped? Scientists and engineers have been trying to find a precise mathematical answer for decades, and a team of researchers from Kent have finally cracked it. If you thought we already knew the mathematical formula for the shape of an egg, then it sounds to me like you counted your chickens before they hatched. But I don't blame you for thinking that, since the shape of an egg has been described as perfect— After all, it has some pretty impressive properties. Eggs need to be large enough to be able to hold the embryo as it develops. For that, a sphere should be the perfect shape. It would maximize the egg's interior volume with the smallest surface area of shell around it. This minimizes the heat that's lost, which means it takes less energy to incubate, and it's less affected by temperature changes. A sphere is also pretty tough and hard to crack, which means it's good for keeping the chick safe inside. So, some eggs are spherical, but not all. That's because a sphere is so strong that it's hard for the chick to eventually break out of the egg. So instead, other eggs take on a slightly elliptical shape that gives the egg overall strength, along with a slightly weaker part that allows the egg to crack in too. Not so fast, though. Both spherical and elliptical eggs can easily roll away. Not ideal, especially for the many birds that lay eggs on rocky cliffs. So, to solve this problem, the eggs of many bird species evolved to be ovoid. In other words, slightly uneven on one side compared to the other. This means that if the egg starts to roll, it'll actually move in a circle. You can try this at home with a chicken egg. We already had a mathematical formula for all of these egg shapes, spherical, oval, and ovoid. But there's a fourth shape that had stumped scientists. Many eggs are slightly conical or piriform. Basically, they look a little pear-shaped, like an ovoid egg with a pointier top. And we didn't have a formula for that shape. That was the team's big breakthrough. To calculate the piriform shape... They came up with a mathematical model that added a new function onto the formula for the ovoid shape. And with that, they had a universal formula for any egg's shape. Okay, but who cares, right? Well, the new formula will allow scientists to classify and study the various kinds of eggs. And it might be useful in engineering, too. As architects use biologically inspired shapes to create strong and beautiful structures, that is definitely excellent news.
1: All right, well, let's lay a quick recap of what we learned today. <sighs> ah. Starting with the fact that doctors have been using leeches for thousands of years. In the ancient world, there was a belief that people had four humors, and one of them was blood. So leeches were used to draw blood to, quote-unquote, balance the humors. People stopped using leeches for a while after we discovered bacteria and pathogens. But in the 1960s, surgeons realized that they could use leeches to help people recover after reattachment surgery. Talk about a surprising surgical tool. One of my favorite theories about the four humors is that at least one researcher has suggested that we got the idea for the four humors from what blood does when it separates in a test tube. So like, you know, you have black bile, yellow bile, blood and phlegm. And so all of those colors are what blood separates into when it's allowed to separate. Like plasma is kind of yellow. Obviously, the red blood cells are red. The white blood cells are white. And there's another part that kind of turns blackish that I can't remember. But I think that's super interesting.
0: Wow. Thanks for adding a little color to the story, Ashley.
1: No problem.
0: We also learned that cows can be potty trained. Scientists wanted to find a way to cut down on the emissions and pollution caused by cow pee. So they tried teaching 16 calves to use a bovine bathroom they called the Mooloo. 11 of the calves mastered the task in just about two weeks, way faster than some human toddlers.
1: Yeah, I know, like, methane is the thing everyone always talks about with cows. And so this sort of was a letdown because it's like, well, okay, but what are you going to do about the methane? And, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. But it's cool that they were able to solve this this part of the problem. Absolutely. And we learned that scientists have come up with a universal formula for any egg shape. We had formulas for spherical, oval and ovoid shapes before But with a tweak to the ovoid shape, they were able to calculate piriform or pear-shaped eggs, too. And that means pretty much any egg in existence. Also, fun fact, if you've ever wondered which came first, the chicken or the egg, science says the egg came first. Because in 1998, in China, fossilized embryos of coral-like animals were found. And the embryos were in various stages of development inside of an egg. And they were dated to six hundred million years ago, so we've found eggs before we found chickens.
0: Eggs are my friend because uh, I recently had periodontal surgery, which may be why i've sound I feel like I've sounded for the last week like I've been slurring my words. You insist I sound fine. I'll leave that up to the listener.
1: He sounds fine,
0: but <laughs> I'm still recovering, and I had to have a pretty much exclusively liquid diet for a little while, so I started to revert back to, uh, back when I used to exercise a lot and I was doing a lot of lifting in my early 20s, I would make smoothies, fruit smoothies, but for the base, instead of using milk or water, I would use egg whites. Yeah. And I'd just, just pound that down.
1: And just, just in case anyone's grossed out by that, when you buy a carton of egg whites, they are pasteurized and homogenized. It's not like putting a raw egg in there. It's all the bad stuff's been taken out.
0: Yeah. My brother... My brother was recovering from something one time and he actually asked someone to bring egg whites to the hospital for him to drink and they wouldn't do it because they thought it was so (laughs) gross. He's like, dude, it's fun. I drink them like all the time. So uh,
1: I've never drank it straight. That's a
0: little far for me. I mean, sure. Yeah. I'm not just going to like buy the, you know, quart of it and just pound it like I'm drinking (laughs) water. But uh, for a smoothie base, get a little protein in there. Call it a day. There's your pro tip. Good stuff. For those of you who need to go on a liquid diet after an oral surgery.
1: <laughs> today's writers were Steffi Drucker
0: and Brianna Brownell. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also an audio editor on today's episode.
1: Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff.
0: Join us again tomorrow and we will egg Kate you to help you learn something new in just a few minutes. And
1: that's no yoke. <laughs> and until then, stay curious.